All right, here we go. Everyone ready for an adventure? Because I'm pretty sure that's what we have in store tonight. Um, I wanted to greet the online viewers, uh, especially Tulsa, Christopher, and Rebecca. Thank you for watching. And everybody else, I encourage each one of you right now, just say, God, speak to me what I need to hear in this moment, in this season, because it's only his voice that brings about power in our life to change and transform us and to grow us. So maybe I am finally growing up, um, and, and I need to. And so uh, when I mentioned uh, I was sitting at the table on, at men's breakfast, and uh, I said that I was going to talk on lordship, and a guy's like, well, I better go get my steel-toed boots on because it's going to be painful. And that is, that is not the intent of this message at all. Um, most of y'all have been at this far longer than me, and y'all have been found faithful. And so my hat is off to you. Um, there is honor in that, and it honors Father God. So keep up the good work. This is my journey. This is what God is showing me. I'm human. I mishear. I misinterpret. I don't get it all right. And so if something doesn't sit right with you, by all means, John David, you seek the scripture, and you study it out. And everyone else, you're, you're big boys too, and girls. Um, if, it, if it doesn't sound right, you look it up. The, the Bible is a fascinating book. You should read it. Is that what Chip Brim always says? Um, and so give me grace. I'm learning. Um, but I do know a couple things. My, my new thing is I don't know it all, and I don't. I, I thought I knew everything. I was wrong, turned out. And so I know the least I've ever known in my entire life. And it's a pretty awesome place to be if, if I'd be all the way honest. But I do know this. God loves me so much, and he is so proud of me, and you know what? He feels the same way about Kevin and Dorothy and Amanda uh, and every single person in here. God loves you. Let's just think about that for a second. I mean, if that's the only thing you got out of this message tonight, O'Hara, God, the creator of the universe, loves you. O'Hara, God loves you so much every one of us and it's it's emotional because it's like the creator of the universe loves me but he does and he loves each one of you that much so if you don't hear anything else i say remember god loves you so um back to my notes so tonight we're going to talk about lordship and this is my my understanding of lordship of where I am today. And the way this came about is I was reading um, oh, a scripture I've always hated where the, the, Jesus basically says, you know, Lord, Lord, um, we did all these things, and Jesus says, I never knew you. And I was like, well, what does Lord mean? I, I never really looked. And so I looked at the definition, and it had the word controller. And something really just woke up in my spirit because I am a control-aholic. Is there any other addicted people to control? I'm recovering, thank you. I like control. That's why I don't like to speak. I can't control anything, not even myself or my emotions, but I like control. Um, and so this, this concept of having a controller, having someone that controls me, and so I, I started down this journey, and it was an adventure because I realized that the majority of my life, I have been, we're all controlled by something every moment of every day. 
Um, could be a, a fear of what people think. It could be a fear of running out of money. It could be a fear of never being accepted, of being rejected. It can be lust. It can be the searching pleasure. It can be um, just all these things. Um, the Bible talks about several of them. Mammon, 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 money, mammon, however you say it. Um, and I'll get to that scripture in a second. But So I decided before I really knew what I was committing to, that I wanted Jesus to be my controller. I wanted to truly allow the Lord, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord of my life. And so I studied it out, and I read about it, and I started the process, and it, it was interesting. And so let's get into the scripture. If you would, um, go ahead and turn to Matthew seven twenty-one in the NLT. Here's the scripture I was referencing. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's law. Ouch. And that scripture has always stuck out to me. That's one like where you just read it real fast and try not to think about it. Because it's like, ah, I don't want to be that person, whoever that is. Um, and so like I said, I looked up the word. Um, and uh, it's controller. Lord, Lord. Controller, controller. And really... What it's referencing is a master and slave relationship, if, if you look into it. And even Paul talks about it multiple times, that he uses master and slave because it's something that they all understood. And we all, we all understand it, too, that, that God is the master and we are his servant. We're, we're his slave. Or money is our master and we're his slave and he's not a very good master. Or fear is our master. And so I'm... I, I was processing this, and this is why I talked to the men, and, and I just, I want, I want to truly be controlled by Jesus. I want to be led by his spirit. It says in the scripture that true sons are led by his spirit. I mean, that's, that's a prerequisite of being a true son is being led. And, you know, uh, it is, uh, it's a challenge to be led for several, several reasons. My biggest reason was... Uh, you have to trust. <laughs> Sorry. Who, you have to trust who's leading you or you're not going to follow. And all of us have had things in our life that make it hard to trust God because things don't go in this earth the way we think they should. Or because we really prayed and we really did what everything we thought we were supposed to and it didn't happen. Or we were hurt by someone that shouldn't have hurt us. Um. And so we have trust issues. I have trust issues. If you have control issues, you got trust issues. They're connected. And so I've been working through my trust issues. And, um, I, you know, the Bible says lean not on your own understanding. And so often, unfortunately, that's all we got is our own understanding, except for we have the scripture to guide us. And we have loving peoples in our, in our life that can also help us. Um, but we're supposed to not lean on our own understanding, but trust in him and in all of our ways acknowledge him. 
And this is, this, I, I'm learning on this journey that it's like a, a muscle that you flex. I mean, just like working out in the gym, as you trust God, as you feel that, that tender leading on the inside, and you step, and you do, and then it's like, wow, God was in that. I can hear the voice of God. I can be led. I can be sensitive. Or maybe it's like, oh, I might have missed that one. And, and you just learn, and you just grow. A uh, perfect example, um, it was last week I left for work, and uh, I got there. I drove down Wednesday night, five hours to work, and uh, I got there, and <laughs> I opened my laptop bag, and my, my power cord was gone. I didn't bring it. And I'm like, well, darn, I, I work on my computer. I'm going to need my power cord. And I just had a little thought, maybe you should go home. And I'm like, eh, it's not really all the way my decision. And so I just kind of set it on the shelf. I knew that I thought it, but I didn't know. And so went to bed, and the next morning I just woke up, and I was like, maybe you should go home. And I'm like, I just got here. I just drove five hours to do some stuff, and now I'm going to go home. And then Eugene calls me, and he says, hey, there's this meeting. The audio-video guy's coming to the church. Um, it's not a big deal. You, if, if you're not here, don't worry about it. And, and I just heard the voice, go home. <laughs> and, uh, it, sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, I get emotional a little bit because God talks to me. He's talking to you guys too, yes, if is. you listen. And so I'm like, you know what? I'll ask my boss and if it's God, I'll go home because he'll say yes. Or I'll, if it's not, it's not and I'll stay. It's nice when you have a little test. And so I'm like, hey, Milton, uh, I'm kind of thinking I should go home. These are the reasons. He's like, go home. We can do whatever we need to do next week. And so I packed up my stuff and went home and uh, got to the church like within five minutes of the audio video guy. And it was a very essential. Eugene was wrong. It was very important, <laughs> very important meeting. And we didn't know. We didn't know. But God knew. And I was sensitive. And I just did what he said, and then um, we get through that, and I did something at the church, and then I'm sitting with my grandma, and my mom calls. I'm like, you need to take your grandma to the hospital right now. She's in assisted living, and I'm like, uh, I just got set down. <laughs> uh, grandma, you want to go to the hospital? No. No, I don't. And so anyways, long story short, I took my grandma to the hospital that night, or the ambulance did, and, and she is doing much better, but uh, right place, right time not coincidence, being led, listening to the Spirit of God, allowing him to say, go home and just go home, or allowing him to say, go check on someone, or whatever it is that he's trying to say, and you just listen and respond. Um, so trust issues. I uh, thought Pastor Brad did a great job on Sunday, and as I was thinking about all this, it's crazy how like when you're taught the word, it intermingles and you see things different and more and lights up and so I was just thinking about the 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 three servants and uh how the the one that got five the one that got three the one that got one and how the first two did really good last one not so much kind of sounded like Jesus saying I never knew you get out of here really similar to that um but uh I, I was asking God I was like what what was what what, what What's the deal? Why would he miss it? Because he knew it was not going to be good. And, uh, and I was just thinking about it, and I was looking at words and studying words because I'm kind of in that, that mode, and I, I saw the word faithful. He told, he told the first two, well done, my good and faithful servants. You were faithful in little, and now I'm going to give you more to be faithful in much. And uh, so I looked at the word faithful, and it 
the definition is the craziest definition ever. It said, uh, it said objectively trustworthy, subjectively trustful. And I'm like, what? Anyone else had that feeling? What? And I'm like, what does objectively mean? What does subjectively mean? I thought I knew, but it, it just wasn't making sense. And so I read some stuff on Google, and I read some stuff on a, a philosophical, whatever, some smarter-than-me website, and none of it made sense. I mean, kind of, I'm like, God, what is this saying? And, and really, he it, it just dropped it in my spirit that if it, 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 faithfulness is two parts. There's the fact of being faithful, being trustworthy, but that fact doesn't happen without its co-part of trusting whoever you're being faithful to. It's a, it's a connection. I wrote down the scripture of, of um, truthful, def, truthful, def, tr- trustful, sorry. Let's see. Where am I at here? Objectively trustworthy, subjectively trustful. I don't know if that's how I said it. Sorry. Trustworthy is the objective. Trustful is the subjectively. Trustful defined is having or being marked by total belief in the reliability, truth, ability, and strength of someone. And so the first two people, the one with the five, the one with the three, they trusted the master. And they did what the assignment that they had to do. He gave them the instructions. They were qualified. They were capable. They had it laid out in front of them. And they did what? Because they trusted the master. But the last one didn't. And he even said when he was bring, brought his one that he did nothing with, he said, you're, 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 you do all these things and you're not a good guy. And I actually probably thought you weren't going to come back. But I saved it just in case. And you did, so I'm glad I saved it. But that wasn't enough. And so um, he didn't trust. And so... For us to make God the Lord of our life, the controller of our life, we have to trust him. That's a process. Part of it is you need a good friend that you can go to, and you can talk about wounds and hurts, and you can look up scripture, and you come and you get prayer from anybody here at Victory Center. We'd love to pray with you and work through stuff because life is stuff. And it doesn't leave anyone out. And that's why we are community together. That is why there is a church like this. It's family. And so um, my encouragement to you all is trust God. Make him your Lord. I uh, am going to read a story. And it's going to involve crying. And I made the print really big so I can read it while I cry. You're welcome. Um, that way we can get all the way through it. Um, I, uh, it's just so fascinating how God orchestrates things, and it's, it's just like wham, bam, bam, and it's just God is, God is on the move, and when you're looking for it, you can see it too, but uh, Micaiah is in alert, and so I'm going to tell a little bit of background on that. It's this uh, crazy psycho thing that Eugene talked us into, maybe even tricked us into sending our poor, innocent child to. <laughs> No, it is a it's a Christian boot camp in its most simplest term. And really, the heart of alert is, listen, these young men think they know everything and they think they have what it takes. And that's good, except for it's just not the truth. (laughs) And same as for us, not just the young men. We don't have what it takes in and of ourselves. And so this program is 
designed to take these poor boys to the end of themselves, and they actually get to see what's there. And God is always there. Um, God is always there when we get to the end of ourselves. And that is what lordship is about, saying, it's not about me. It's not about my will. It's about something bigger. It's kingdom-minded. It's living for God's kingdom. And so this program takes these boys to the end of themselves. (laughs) And so we've been reading these letters from Mackay that are heartbreaking, mostly. And it's just this process, like unfolding in real time of, I'm doing my part, but my worthless squad mates aren't doing theirs. Or it's not even my squad, it's the stupid battalion. Or uh, my cadre hates me, or I hate my drill instructor, or I hate this squad mate because he's lazy. And it's just this dealing with these personal things of learning to get to the end of ourselves and trust God, not only in us, but in the people that he's put in our life, which is essential to accomplish what God has for us. And so I'm, I'm praying through all of, of this, and it's like last week. So this was, this was last um, Friday or so. The big day is called, it's Saturday inspection, and basically Zeke has told me horror stories about the extent these young men go to to not get what they call smoked on Saturday inspection. And smoking basically is... Uh, Mackay said it's hell. I mean, it's just hell. It's just the worst thing you can possibly imagine. Running up a hill, carrying stuff, bear crawling, holding water bottles, puking, keep going, um, planking for like 45 minutes to 60 minutes per plank. I mean, just every physical exertion because they're trying to find the end where a person says, I cannot (laughs) do it anymore, (laughs) which is the principle for us. I cannot do it anymore. God, take over. That's where we all need to be. So alert is programmed in this. And so he's desperately asking for prayer to survive Saturday inspection, need to pass. And um, so I wrote him this letter. It's a little bit long, but I have plenty of time. Um, it's, for, it's a little bit intimate. And I think there's several glimpses of uh, God's heart towards me in it, God's heart towards you. When I say son and you're a daughter, make it a daughter. Um, sometimes it's just me being encouraging but i want you to hear what god had me write it was a divine thing and they passed we actually know the end this time praise the lord so uh here we go son i love you so much and i'm so very proud of you i was excited to hear about your perseverance your endurance and your growth it seemed like you know the areas you need to grow and you're working on them and that takes courage and boldness if you want to know what God's saying to you, he's saying those things. He's not, he's not beating you up like, do better, or you should have done this, or you should have done that. That's the accuser of the brethren. That's the liar. God just builds us up. He loves us, and he speaks life over us. I've been praying for this coming Saturday inspection, and I believe that you and your squad and all of the squads, because even if other squads fail, it's bad, of Unit 67 will come together and do what needs to be done. If each one of, of you think outside of yourself, not only do your part, but share the burden with anyone else who needs it. You will pass inspection. I know in several of your letters, you talked about learning to be a good follower. And 
I do think this is very important, but I have found in life that you can lead even when you're following. It might be leading by going the extra mile or leading with a word of encouragement, not controlling the situation, but being a light and a builder-upper. That's a word. I looked it up. Okay, I made it up. Just kidding. (laughs) Builder-upper of the one you are following, the one beside you and the one behind you. Victory Center, 180 Youth, or whatever your name is, um, y'all, can, y'all can make a difference. Words of encouragement change people's life. Mm-hmm. Be the light. You are the light. I can see it from where I'm standing. Be the light. Don't hide it. Listen to the Spirit. Build one another up. Not just if you're following someone, but the ones beside you and the ones that aren't quite as far down the road. God has taken me on an interesting journey. I'm calling it the journey of lordship. That's the one I'm sharing with y'all right now. The Bible says that Jesus is our savior, but he also wants to be our Lord. And that word Lord actually translates to controller. So if we're controlled by fear or we're controlled by selfishness, they are our Lord. Only if we are controlled by the leading of the spirit is he our Lord. It is a kingdom-minded, kingdom-minded mentality that our life is not our own, but we serve at the pleasure of the king. And in doing so, we find fulfillment in our own life. If you're not fulfilled in life, it's because you're focusing on your life. We're here. We are built for the kingdom. We are kingdom builders. There's a scripture that says, "He, he who holds on to his life will lose it, but he who lays his life down will find it. To me, It is what the Bible is talking about, where Jesus tells us to carry our cross. When we carry our cross, it is saying, God, I lay down slash crucify my will and I pick up your will. Because that's exactly what Jesus did in the garden when he said, nevertheless, Father, your will be done. I have been striving as of late every day to set down my will and ask Father God what his will is for me today. This is what I think it means to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. I actually led men's breakfast this last Saturday and challenged each man to make Jesus the controller of his life. I guess it went over well because they've asked me to do the church service on Wednesday night. I thought that was funny to leave in. Um, (laughs) this, This is literally the letter I wrote, word for word. Um, and because Jesus is my Lord and controller, I'm going to do his will and lay mine down (laughs) because I would rather not be up here, but it's not about me. I know that this is a long letter, but I hope it finds you well and encouraged by the end, knowing that you're right in the middle of the will of God. And every day he is simply asking you to lay down your will and to do his, because together you can do anything and everything. There is a story told of Alexander the Great. And that one day, him and just a few soldiers needed to take over a very well-fortified castle. So he went to the outside of the castle wall and yelled up to talk to the king. And he demanded immediately for the king to surrender and turn the castle over to him. And the king scoffed. And he said, there is no way you could ever get inside this castle. And he laughed at the small force. 
And so Alexander asked him to watch a demonstration. He commanded his men to line up in a single file line at the edge of a cliff, and he commanded them to start marching. The men at the front of the line marched straight off the cliff to their death. And after 10 men had marched over the edge, Alexander ordered the column to stop and return to his side. The king was completely dismayed at the willingness and the obedience of the soldiers, and he knew in his heart, with men so committed, so courageous, and fearless, that there was going to be nothing the king could do to stop them from taking over the castle. So he immediately surrendered. My entire life, I've hated this story. (laughs) I've always thought, you know, for the 11th man, Um, for the 11th man back, it's a great story. He didn't have to fight to win. But if you were one of the first 10, what a worthless way to go out. But I've come to realize that that's a very selfish way of thinking. It's not kingdom-minded. Those 10 men's obedience and sacrifice saved hundreds of lives. And won a great victory for the, uh, hundreds of life and won a great victory for their king. It's not a real story. And I'm not emotional because of the story. I'm emotional because it's a picture of what Jesus is asking for us to do. To simply lay down our life. And serve at his pleasure. Because he sees the end from the beginning. He knows what's coming. He knows the best way to reach people. Because he loves people way more than we possibly could. Um... I am now willing to be one of those ten and willing to lay my life down for my king, Jesus Christ, who actually laid his life down for me, ironically enough, right? So that I could have life. Son and Victory Center, I know there's something special about each one of us. I believe that we're all called to be one of the ten, so that makes like 30, but still. We are all called to be one that lays our life down for our king. Not my will, not your will, but God's will. I told Micaiah that I believe that he was in the squad that he was supposed to be in. And he was supposed to lay his life down for the squad. And that if he did, if he was willing to give up his hopes, his desires, and his will, God would show up. And, you know, it's not just about alert. It could change the destiny of one of the men in the squad. It's the same way with your sacrifice, because that's what it's all about. We are here to be a witness for our king, what our king has done in our life. I told him, I reminded him, and I'm reminding you, Christ, our king, our Lord, knelt before each one of his disciples, even the one he knew would betray him. And he served them by washing at their feet. <laughs> I told them, your king is asking you to serve your squad. And your king is asking you to serve him. Serve his kingdom. Be kingdom-minded. I believe each one of us were created for such a time as this, uniquely and especially qualified to do what needs to be done in God's kingdom.
If you would, go ahead and stand up. I know it's a little bit early. If you would, just close your eyes for a second. Block out every distraction and listen to the Spirit of God inside. I know that many of you have been on this journey of walking with Christ for a long time, but I want to challenge each one of you. Evaluate yourself. Are you allowing the Spirit of God to be the controller in your life? If you have been, that's awesome. And if you haven't, that's okay too. Because right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to recommit to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. This isn't about salvation. This is about making him Lord, giving him control of my life, of your life. So if you're willing to say right now tonight, God, I want to make you Lord. I give you control. If you would, just raise your hand. This is your first yes. Saying yes to the Lord. And there are going to be many more. I am so proud of each of you. And so is your Heavenly Father. Let me remind you, you're simply committing to listen to the Spirit of God inside you. And when he leads you, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I ask right now that you give each one of us a fresh set of eyes. You give each one of us a fresh set of ears. Help us see that neighbor that needs our love, that needs our word of encouragement. Help us hear the cries of help that is in between the line. And when we see, help us answer that call. Lord, I pray that you help each one of us humble ourselves. We don't know. We don't know, but you do. And so when we see something and we have all these thoughts that are not of you, help us set them aside and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do I help? How do I love? Lord Jesus, I just ask for you to help each one of us, continually giving you, you control every day to say and live with our life, your will be done. And we just thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, guys, I appreciate your attention. Um, since we have a few minutes, I'm going to give some practical steps because we are kingdom builders. And especially if you said, yes, Lord. Um, there is work to be done in the kingdom of God. And sometimes we're like, I don't know what to do. And so I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to tell you some things that I know all of us need to be doing. And that is love our neighbors. Literally the ones that live close to us. Maybe work across the desk from us. Maybe our spouses. Maybe our children. But be a part of their life. Listen. And if something is hard and you don't like and it makes you uncomfortable, ask God, what is this? 
Help me love them. Um, bring people to church. Invite them to, to the, the 45th anniversary as we celebrate what God has done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. Um, and then there was one other thing. I should have wrote it down. No, it's not there. But yeah, Daylight savings time is Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> thanks, baby. <laughs> oh, come back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. Each one of you. So be that. Eugene authorized this a couple weeks ago. And so you're authorized. Don't think Victory Center needs to do something. You do it. Um, if there's something Victory Center can do to come alongside and help you, let us know. And we're there because we love people. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.